praise God. Father, thank you for this opportunity. We come before your throne. We thank you, Lord, that you do business with us at your throne, that we can negotiate with you, come to terms in in real language, in heavenly language, with the things that we desire and need on earth, and you grant them to us freely. We thank you for that. And not only that, Father, but it's good to commune with you. It's good to be in your presence and just talk things out and just just wait for your blessing on our words. It's so wonderful. We thank you for all these many opportunities and blessings you give us. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So, amen. So today we're going to continue talking about... Uh, spoiling the strong man, right? That's, that's what we've been talking about. And, uh, continually talking about, uh, dethroning the spirit of Pharaoh. But you really need to understand how this, uh, spirit operates and what it, uh, how it, it, uh, manifests itself. Because many times, because these spirits are compatible with human personalities, they don't often look like the devil to people you've got to look at their their voices what they say what they speak what they believe what they propose what they preach what they declare and then you have to look at the activities that they cause to happen and so i was thinking how uh this spirit is so active now uh among uh, our nations are among, uh, the different people groups on the earth. Uh, all of the things that, that are going on in the world today. Uh, this Pharaoh spirit has moved into the lead. Now we, if you have our prayer manual, we'll see, you'll see that the, uh, uh, spirits of Pharaoh, Ahab, and Jezebel tend to operate in a trinity, a whole unholy trinity. And you gotta understand how the devil's kingdom works. It is a flip or a mirror image of God's kingdom. So everything God has, the devil has a duplicate of it. Amen. He has a counterfeit of it. So God is a triune God, Holy Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so the devil operates in a triad or a false trinity. And so why? Because it has to make up all the different roles and all the different uh, voices that God would make up. So this is how they operate and, and, and they are easy. That makes them easy to blend into society. It makes it easy for them to speak things into the minds and the hearts of men. It makes it easy for them to be accepted. Uh, what, what they are saying to be accepted because very often it makes sense to our carnal frame. So if it makes sense to you what the devil is saying, that means he's tapped into your carnal man and, and into the man of the flesh to try and make, make what he's saying sound, uh, interesting, uh, credible, true. He likes to purvey his own brand of truth and he always offers an opposite, but something that seems to fit so that you can, can, uh, uh, easily slip into to believing what's going on there for instance in the the family the spirit of pharaoh will will uh because he is an aggressive and dominant personality uh and you see that from him moses dealing with him he's in charge he has many under his authority 
uh, many people are submitted to him because of the power and the money that he wields, all of that, and he uses all of those weapons to his advantage to gain control over people. And if if he can't have it uh, through subtlety, he'll take it by brute force. And so you'll see that in in relationships, male-female relationships, where the man will come on to the woman as very subtle and, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, convincing her that he loves her and, and buying her things and giving her all kinds of attention, so forth and so on. Uh, and really the Bible is very clear about the male-female relationship. The Bible says the man is the head, but the wife must submit. I must say it again. He is the head, but the wife must submit. It does not give the man any kind of authority to force anybody to obey him. Say it again. Because see, people don't know. See, this is why we get people goofed up in the church with the submission. And it, it, submit means you got to volunteer your, your allegiance to that person. That means, that means you're in charge of what you do with you. If you submit in a godly fashion, God's blessing comes on that household, that relationship, and it's all beautiful. But if there's something there that you think is ungodly, you're not required to obey it because you got to submit. Submit means you're still in control. It does not mean control is ever taken from you. And see, this is where a lot of times people make their mistake. Women think submit means you got to Hello? Do you, can you read? Can you go to a dictionary and get a definition of submit? That means to put yourself under somebody. It doesn't mean they can come and throw you under their control. In fact, that gives you more power when you think about it. And that's what frustrates many times this dominant male personality that wants to dominate everything. They get nervous if the wife doesn't want it, doesn't seem to want it. Well, she maybe she's thinking about whether or not she wants to submit to it. Nobody jumps and obeys anybody. Not anybody. You, you could have a, a very well-trained dog and he won't jump every time. He's looking for what. He said, hey, bro, I did that last time and you didn't give me nothing. What's in it for me? And this fear women have of marriage. I make my own money. That don't mean nothing. God is not impressed with your, you know, McDonald's, you know, drive through what you do. You got me? <laughs> you know, money is not the key to power. God's a key to power. He is power. Power belongs to God. Folks, it don't belong to your husband, you, nobody, your kids, nobody. Power belongs to you. Amen. I mean, to God. And so when when God releases power into situations, he releases power. These people have to demonstrate faithfulness working under that power. You know, a man isn't all powerful because he's married to you. 
You know, are you married to him? That doesn't give him all power. He's, he's still got to get his power and authority from God. You know, and God is hard. It's hard to shake God up where he going to give you something you haven't deserved yet. You got me? You have to be faithful in what he gives you. You understand what I'm saying? There's nothing to fear in relationships. There's nothing to fear in a marriage. You know, you see, in, in this women's movement, they started that junk when I was a teenager almost. I've been hearing about how oh, women need to do this, and, and they ain't got no further than they were back then. God wants us, God said, Jesus set women free when, when he was preaching. Do you understand? When, when you come out of sin, you free. The woman who was caught in adultery, she was probably the pass around girl at the party. You understand what I'm saying? And he set her free, but he told her, don't go sin no more. In other words, grow up and learn how to be a woman. A responsible woman. No, there were women he cast devils out of, and they followed him around. They were part of his ministry. Amen? And nobody was able to tell them they couldn't do what they doing. You know, you see these people nowadays even, they still trying to play this old thing. God didn't call women. Into, well, I'm sure glad you're not God. But we'd all be in trouble. You just, you entitle your opinion, take it and go peddle it someplace else. People in the world don't even buy that stuff anymore. There's no male or female in Christ. Amen? God calls gifts. He doesn't call male or female. It's a gift. A gift doesn't have a gender. Amen? Gee. And he went to hell to get me out of there. He said he gave, went, led captivity captive and gave gifts to men, some apostles, prophets, evangelists. He went to hell to get me out of there. And I know so well I'm obey him. You can listen if you want to. If you don't, go back to sleep. That's all you do in church anyway. If you come. Don't get me started, okay? I'm a ba- I was going to be a good girl today. Can't be a good girl today. Anywho, amen. So we're talking about the spirit of Pharaoh. You'll see this. He's an aggressive uh, character. However, uh, demon spirits don't just inhabit females, a male and female, according to gender. You can see this spirit in women. You see it often in lesbian women, where they are very aggressive. There's nothing. They resist femininity. Amen. Even though everything in them, your mind is telling you, your hormones are telling you, all this stuff is telling you you're a woman, but you resist that and pick up this demonic voice that tells you there's something wrong with you being a female. Amen. So they pick up the male characteristics and the devil will accommodate you. He will send a demon to live with you and tell you how to act, what to do, how to act when and where, all that kind of stuff. You know, he will do that to keep confusion. He is the author of confusion. God is not. Amen. So uh, God is the author of peace. And so the enemy comes in with confusion in whatever form he can put it. If he can do sexual confusion, he'll keep you wishing you were a woman if you're a man and vice versa. 
the problem that society has if, as we have allowed these people to appear normal. We have accepted this and it is totally demonic. Only the devil will tell you God made a mistake making you the gender you are. I'm going to say it again. Only the devil will tell you that God made, he, you didn't make yourself male or female, God did it. And only the devil will tell you God made a mistake. Isn't that what he told Eve? Oh, you ain't gonna, God made a mistake when he said that. You ain't gonna die. You got me? And so we, we have to be aware of this, people. Don't let everything float by you. And you just accept stuff and you, you know it's not right. But, oh well, you know, you, you gotta love everybody. Well, loving people don't mean uh, petting their devils. You don't have to cast them out. You just leave people alone. If you're not sure what God's speaking to you about people, just leave them alone. You know, don't invite them in your home. Don't invite them, you know, don't put them under your, your roof. You be kind to them. There's people that, that will come up to my car. If I got a dollar or two and they look like they really need it, I'll, I'll go ahead. If God says to give it to them, give it to them. But you don't embrace everybody. That's not your job. And you don't have anything to prove to anybody about whether or not you love somebody or like somebody. No, we got to love people. What does that mean? You tell them they're one sex and they're something different. You think that's, that, is that loving? You really think that's love? We're here to, we are the salt of, remember us, light, salt, all that's that's us. Salt don't lie, light don't lie. Light shines on darkness and exposes it. If you don't know what to do one way or the other, leave it alone. It's not for you to, to have something to say about everything. Amen? Or to do anything. Learn how to leave stuff alone. Like my mama used to say, get your hands off of that. It ain't bothering you. Leave it alone. She's messing with it for. You understand? And so there are certain things that we just don't get involved with. Because many people don't know the right answer. You see how they got all these people confused now. So they everybody come up with something to say about something. That doesn't mean they have the right answer for anybody. You know, we've got some brave people out there who are trying to straighten everybody out, and that's what they're called to do. Let them do their job. Amen? Just let them do their job. And you do yours. Go home, raise your kids, make sure they ain't putting on funny clothes and getting confused. Take care of your household. Make sure they grow up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord and be what God called them to be. And after you've done that, you've taken care of enough. You know, you're sweating already just thinking about it, so. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so anyway, so we're going to talk about the characteristics of this spirit, Pharaoh, how he works. He works in all levels of authority. He works in the household. He works in relationships. He works in government. He works in, in all levels of government. And so you'll be able to see uh, what the spirit is doing and has done because a lot of what these demons do go, goes undetected for for a long time. And and then they're exposed when people say, oh, that's what they were up to. You know what I'm saying? It's like now is obvious to everybody. 
Well, if you're a watchman, it should have been obvious to you 10 years ago when it was in a seed. See, if you kill it, start killing it in seed form, by the time it grows, it won't manifest as much as it would if you just let it go and you just watched it and it's, oh, well, you know, it ain't that bad. Now, you don't know that. You don't know. You don't. That's not your call anyway. You don't know. You, your call is just to stand against it. If you have authority and you know this is the devil, you stand against these things. So, so anyway, this spirit was first uh, uh, revealed in the book of Exodus when we see uh, Moses confronting. And this is the thing when we developed this prayer manual. All of these spiritual entities are listed in the word. There are scriptures for uh, combating them, identifying all of that are in is in our prayers. And so it's it's not somebody's uh, dream that they had that they saw this floating around and that floating around. These entities actually have personalities that you can identify. You can identify them by their activities by what they speak, how they influence people, and you can see how they come from the highest levels of demonic influence. Pharaoh was the authority in the land of Egypt. Egypt was the whole known world at that time. There were no other civilizations quite like that. In fact, if you you remember from studying world history in school, in secular school, you remember when we studied... uh um, civilization and and the different cultures and everything. Egypt was always at the beginning of everything because they called it what the cradle of civilization that everything started around that area. Wonder why? Because God had his people there. That's how you can track it in the natural. Wherever God had his people, that's where their history, that's where history records different uh, civilizations really recording because of the way they interact with God's people. And so, uh, Pharaoh being in charge of the land of Egypt, God had sent, uh, Joseph to Egypt many years before, in fact, four decades prior to the time of Moses. Joseph had been sent down to Egypt to rescue the world. To rescue the world. Everybody in the world was coming down to Egypt for food because Egypt was a very advanced civilization. In fact, you'll find that there are are uh, people who are still puzzled about how the pyramids were built. That's that's a great that's where they call them the seven wonders of the world. It's one of the wonders of the world because nobody knows how that thing was built. Any of them. And they built so many of them. Amen. But we do know that the Jews were in captivity during the time of the building of some of those pyramids. And it wouldn't surprise me if God gave them a way to get that done. Because he'll always help his people. They were saying they must have had some kind of apparatus that would pull this up, but then when they got to the top, how do you get down? And there's nothing on the inside where they can lower themselves down off of it. And there's, you understand what I'm saying? All of this stuff, it's a mystery. Why do you think it's still standing? 
when everything else around it is pretty much crumbled. It's a wonder. It's something for people to look at and say, who built this? Who were the people that put their hands on it? And how did they get the ingenuity to do all of these things? They have no idea. They are finding mummies that have been embalmed better than whoever down the street, the Boyd or whoever them people is, Will. I remember the House of Wills. They ain't even open anymore. Wills or boys or whoever, you know, they do a better job than they do. Some of them people is well-preserved, amen? They wonder about that stuff. They had that kind of uh, uh understanding and knowledge. So Egypt was really a very prosperous place technologically uh in all of that. And, and people would come and sojourn there. Well, if people are coming into your your country not to invade it, you got to find a use for those people. It's like our immigration system when it works legally, our legal system. You know, people would come in, they would have to be checked out. That's why Joseph's brothers, when they came, and they came to Joseph to ask for what they want, he questioned them. Now, that's common. That was common. You didn't allow people to come into your country. You didn't know who they were, where they came from. And, and the, the boys told him, well, we, there's 12 in our family, but one of our brother, one brother is dead and our father is this and he's got a young son and all. He described the whole family to him. Amen. That was common to question people like that when they came into your country. You can come and know if they were spies. They come and leave. They go tell their their army what your setup is. And so many times they put you through the ringer to find out what was going on. And Egypt was that kind of country. And so you found all kinds of nationalities and cultures and all of that running around in Egypt under one person. Being able to call your people out of that nation was impossible. You didn't do that. Once you were in Egypt, you belonged to the Pharaoh. You didn't go nowhere. All of a sudden, Moses shows up at Pharaoh's doorstep one day, telling him like the God said. He said, God who? Who is your God? You know, and, and all of that. And, and so this is, this is typical of the spirit of Pharaoh having that degree of control over people where they can't get anything unless they come to him. He's not quick to give people anything and, and, and he is very, Pharaoh's very wise and very crafty. He has a, a court of counselors who are actually sorcerers and magicians. They deal in witchcraft. This is the other thing about this spirit. He is very familiar with all forms of witchcraft and works very comfortably with it. Now, people would, would, uh, uh, well, what you mean, witchcraft? I mean what I say, witchcraft. Amen? And in order to keep the flow of witchcraft coming, Pharaoh has the authority to enact laws to make witchcraft legal. Now, where is that coming from in our nation and where has it been coming from? Where have we made witchcraft legal? Abortion. The shedding of innocent blood is witchcraft. I'm going to say it again. Y'all ought to know this. 
Pharaoh will make, enact laws to make the shedding of innocent blood legal so he can get witchcraft power out of that activity. So that's why our nation has been going crazy for the last 70 years. Amen. That's why you see naked people parading and calling it pride. They took a whole month to take over, over the streets. They've taken over the government. They were in the White House with a pride flag on the White House next to the American flag. Some topless transvestite was out there on the lawn with the president. Y'all better wake up and, you know, get turn that TV off if you can't get real news out of that thing because these things are happening, but for real. And they're all over the Internet. You can't miss them. You go on Twitter. You go on anything. You can see all of this kind of activity, what's really going on. And see, one of the things that God uses to help us is is not this propaganda news that we've been zombified in for years, but he's now raising up, allowing people to come in alternative news to show you what really goes on. You understand what I'm saying? They censor as much as they can. There are people on there that were giving you good information, and now you can't find them anymore. Why? Because they kick them off as fast as they get on there and find information for you. But I know how to discern what's what's nonsense and what's God tells you what's real and what's not real, folks. And I'm telling you that this kind of stuff, what's ha- what you see happening on our streets and, and in our cities and in, in our government and everywhere, this doesn't just happen. This is something that's planned. This is something the devil has planned for a long time to take over the minds of people, to make people afraid to speak up when they see sin. Now it's a, you know, it's almost against the law. They've been putting preachers in jail. They're real good at it in Canada. They're not as good here, but they're working on it. Do you understand me? And so this is, this is something that you gotta be aware and not just be sitting up there looking at it and wondering. You gotta take authority. You see it happening. You say, uh-uh, you let go of my church. You let go of God's people. We are not gonna go down like that devil. You gonna back up off of this. And whenever you see something coming up to make witchcraft more powerful in the law, you vote against it. Are you kidding me? That's your probably the last last best hope we have is that little vote that we have. And you got to be careful where you put it. You're not looking for a handout from the government. God is your source. If they can take it all back, take back Social Security. They want to do it anyway. They're always threatening. They want to take your IRA and make that under government control. People have been fighting it. But you got to know what's going on, folks. They want it all. They want it all. Pharaoh wants it all. So he wants to control everything. He don't care. Now we've seen this before, folks. We've seen this one world government. We've seen this dictatorship type situation. We've seen this Pharaoh that doesn't want people. The last thing he wants is for people to have the freedom to worship God and to pray. And to witness to people publicly. And to tell people about it. He wants to take your First Amendment, period. No talking, unless I tell you to talk. And you got to say what I tell you to say. And no worship. Now we spend those years learning about the persecuted church. And we see what they do. 
in many countries. It's here. It's a little more subtle, but it's here, but it's getting more blatant. Why? The devil knows he's got a short time and he's got to move quickly. So he's trying to move in ways where he paralyzes us with fear. You know, people who want freedom and and see it eroding. He wants us to just be still and be scared and not speak out against it, not say anything against it. Amen? And so if he can get that, then he can maintain control. And so here we see Pharaoh's strategies against the family. Amen? This is one of the things that we were told a decades ago, I know in the in the mid nineteen eighties, uh, uh, Jim Dobson started the focus on the family ministry, where he he made up his mind he was going to fight this onslaught against the family. And most preachers just looked at it and say, "What do you mean against the family? What do you mean? What do you mean?" Now they know what he means. Well, you know, it's too late. You sucked into it. Now you slept while the devil came in and took everything. Amen. They never, if, if the church had been stronger and, and still could have resisted COVID, the COVID lockdowns never would have happened. Never would have happened. Lockdown on everything and especially the church. There were a few churches that stood and fought. They, they were sued, countersued, almost bankrupted, put in jail. The doors locked on the church, but they stood anyway. Amen. The least, uh, James MacArthur, of all people, out in L.A., who would have thought he was a fighter? He fights Christians all the time. He's always bad-mouthing faith preachers. I mean, that was always his M.O. That's He He got fight in him, but he always turned it on the wrong people to me. You know, leave your brother alone. Get out here and fight the devil. And he finally stood up, and I thought, Oh my goodness, Lord, don't let me, don't let me talk bad about the brother no more. I mean, I'm all for him. Let's pray for him and make sure he wins. But it took him several years, but he got his church free. And every time they told him do this, he said, nope. Do this, nope. Amen. They came to him like with six or seven options. Don't sing, don't hug, don't. You know, I mean, I'm serious. They did all this, went to court to get court orders and made him do it. And he said he wasn't doing it. Closed, locked the doors. No, they put a lock on the door. He take the lock off. <laughs> and he don't pray in tongues as far as I know. I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, 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 well. You mean all you got to do is say no in the devil? Yes. Resist him and he must flee. Tongues or no tongues. You belong to your blood bought. You resist him. He got to leave you alone. He resisted and he resisted. I said, well, look here. I got very intrigued. I said, I'm going to pray for him. I put him right on my little five-fold ministry gift prayer. I said, Lord, let him be successful. He's fighting your fight. Let him keep his church open in Jesus' name. Amen. And so these are the things that we have to do when we see these spiritual powers encroaching on us encroaching on your freedom encroaching on your liberty you have to put up a counter fight for that so if if you uh we'll we'll continue to talk about these characteristics of the spirit of pharaoh because it's it's kind of flared up again you know what i'm saying is flaring up flaring up flaring up 
Amen. So um, his strategies against the family. In Exodus 5, we read it a few last week, but we'll read it again so I can give it to you in context. Uh, where, um, uh, let me see, Exodus 5, we'll start in verse 4. Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Now, this is, I, I can call it now that I've given the example, the James MacArthur treatment. You just make one declaration and keep repeating it over and over again. You know, a lot of times people think, they think something's so, well, God, I thought God told me to say this, but it doesn't seem to be working. Keep saying it. You understand what I'm saying? It'll work if you don't try to change it. See, what Pharaoh, what the devil likes to do is put us in doubt about our confession. You ever been there? Start saying you're healed and it, the, the pain intensifies or something else happens or you think, man, I was doing real good before I started confessing this word. <laughs> you understand? So, so keep confessing it. Sometimes it means you're on the right road. <laughs> You notice I didn't say all the time. I said sometimes it means you're on the right road. It's good to check with God. Amen. That way you get a chance to visit with your father. (laughs) For a change. Instead of talking to people so much. So anyway, he says here, he says, Let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? That I should obey his voice and let Israel go. I don't know him. And I'm not going to let y'all go. And they said. The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us go. We pray thee. Three days journey into the desert. And sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. And the king of Egypt said unto them. Wherefore do you, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their their works get you to your burdens? In other words, get out of my face. Why are you coming to me wanting, wanting your people to have an easy time? Go back to work. Amen. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land now are many, and you make them rest from their burdens. And he commanded the same day that the taskmasters of the people and their officers saying, you shall no more give the people straw to make brick as you did. In other words, instead of you supplying them with them, make them go gather it themselves. They have too much free time on their hands. They have too much free time on their hands. When people had, there was the husband, the wife legally married, raising their children. And people started to develop technology in, in different areas of life that made life very easy for people. Uh, cars were made in mass production on assembly lines. And they were made very affordable for people to have. So whereas if if the man was the one working and generally it was a one 
paycheck household. I'm talking about back as far as, even as far in as the 60s. There was the woman stayed at home and reared the children. And her work got easier. We had dishwashers now. We had washing machines now. We had all kinds of modern conveniences. And it drove Pharaoh crazy. And I can tell you, I know it drove him crazy. Because where are we now? Look at where we are now. See, all of a sudden, we had a movement among women. They want to get out the house. We don't, we don't stay in the house anymore. Uh, we, we don't want to just be baby making factories, all this kind of stuff. Then they wanted my body, myself, or my body, my choice. Now we can have abortions. We, we want control over ourselves. This is what they said. Not only did they get control over themselves, but they got control over a lot of other things too. In fact, the government started to listen to this and the government started to enact laws. Why do you think the government enacted those laws? It was not to help the woman out. It was to help the devil out. I'm going to say it again. It was, listen, women's lib don't speak for a Christian woman. You don't need somebody secular person out there marching and all that kind of stuff to get you free. You can work. My husband told me, he said, listen, you can work. You don't have to work. Some women, they just do this. This, this is their cool. You know what I'm saying? Staying at home and not working. You got me? That was after God called me to ministry and I wasn't sure if I said, am I trying to get back to work or what am I trying to do? He said, just let it go. You know, it was just like that. You know, a man can think where you think of, of something for a month and month and month. He can just come up and give you the answer and it snaps. And snaps you out of it. Amen. And I realized then, I said, why am I sweating myself to go back to a job I didn't like anyway? You understand? Once you get saved, you understand. If you don't understand anything, you understand your old life is over with. And you can't drag that over into the new anything. Amen. And that was one thing that I knew. And that, but that did free me up. A job didn't make me free. My husband's words made me free coming from the heart of God it freed me up not to have the burden of having to feel like because I had degrees in my pocket I had to go make money with them you got me so anyway so in in that in that time there were a number of movements that happened that you see now if you didn't see it at that time you see it's the spirit of, spirit of Pharaoh moving to get control over the family. To pry the hands of the woman off of her children. Amen. Then all of a sudden, you, you know, you can drive down almost any street and find a huge daycare center. Them people, them, them people ain't just going in business for the fun of it. There's government money back in all of them. You can get a voucher, you can get a subsidy, you can get anything you want. So not only that now, but but the stigma of having children out of wedlock is gone. People don't judge you anymore. I don't judge you. You know, nobody judges you. Even when you're in church, nobody can say anything to you. You need to come to altar and repent. You understand what I'm saying? Especially if you did this while you were a Christian. You don't just waltz in, waltz out like, yeah. We have, forget it, just anyway, 
You understand what I'm saying. If we were show enough, show enough Kojic people, you couldn't get away with this stuff. You understand what I'm saying? Them's holiness people, they mean it. They're gonna live by that until Jesus comes. But, but this is, this is what you do when you're in a Christian community and you violated their covenant. You gotta come back and get right and, and let the saints hear your confession. Amen? They're not your judges, but they're your brothers and sisters. They want you back in fellowship with them. This is how you restore fellowship. So anyway, yeah, but, um, you know, and that's not to put anybody that under condemnation. You confess, you're forgiven. You understand what I'm saying? Go and sin no more. That's, that's the whole deal. That's, that's why you get forgiven. So you can don't repeat the same sin over and over and over again. Amen. And so along with this women's movement, came now an increase of women that thought they weren't women anymore. Now all of a sudden they're men. So Pharaoh's gotten into their minds and told them that, that they, they don't want to be baby factories. They don't want to be abused by man. And, and they, you know, now they like women. Amen. Uh, some people are so confused. I remember anybody, if you remember a woman by the name of Billie Jean King, she played tennis. And, uh, her, she got famous because, uh, there was a man, this was doing the women's movement. She was like their poster girl. And there was a man, Bobby Riggs, challenged her to a, a tennis tournament. And she was able to defeat him. She was married at the time. And, uh, the husband gives his testimony. He said, you know, my, my wife got pregnant and she felt that it wasn't convenient. And we decided to have an abortion. And he said, after that, she couldn't get pregnant anymore. He said, and, and I just think now she might have been a happy grandmother if we decided to keep that baby. He said, but there was a lot of pressure on her as a spokesperson for the women's movement to have an abortion. You got me? Now... She's living with another woman and claims she divorced her husband, living with another woman, just confused, confused all her life. No, no chance at a normal life. Devil took it away from her. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to be careful, folks, about what we see, how we respond to it. Always go within and ask God. That's your best and get in your Bible and let him show you the truth. Amen. And understand where these things come from. But see, I can, I can figure it out real easily because all this happened in my lifetime. And when I got saved, God showed me this ministry to do for him to understand how these demonic influences operate. And we do something about it besides sit up and whine and, and gossip and, ooh, that's just bad. I don't know how people can live. Don't go there. If you can't stop it with your faith and with your confession and with your authority, then don't just pass on the conversation. Just don't have anything to say. All this tisk tisk stuff, that ain't for that ain't for watchmen. We don't twiddle our thumbs and tisk tisk nothing. You know, if you don't know what you're doing, hit the devil anyway. Just say this don't look right, God. Let me hit it. Amen. And But keep studying, keep trying to understand what's going on here. And in that way, you don't give party to the devil. You don't want to give hand to the enemy like that. And so here we have, he's telling Pharaoh, he's not going to let these people go. 
He makes hard labor. So here's your two household job. I mean, two jobs in a household. No longer is the man taking care of the family. Number one, because the woman thinks she all free and everything. She all hostile toward him. So he got to let her work. You understand what I'm saying? You know, this, this, my husband told me that. He said, ah, hey, you know, these women that come out there, he said, when you, they come in there, they, uh, he was just talking with me. He worked human resources. He said, and, and he said, you want to give them a job? He said, and they come in there and they dress like they're going to a cocktail party, you know, or out to a bar somewhere. He said, and she wants to go and work with a whole factory full of men. He said, you know what the problem is going to be? He said, and little by little, they have taken the authority for dress code away from us. Because at first they had, in the summertime, no halter tops, no shorts. This uh, Pretty soon that went away. They were scared to challenge anybody coming there dressing ugly and looking funny. So what do you have? You got an outbreak of divorces in the factory. Men that used to go to work and come home, take their paycheck home to the wife, all of a sudden he'd have found somebody standing next to him in a, a you know, a, a halter top and some short shorts. They call that being free. If your freedom puts somebody else in bondage, I'm going to say it again. If your freedom puts somebody else in bondage, it's not freedom. It's liberty. It's license. It's not freedom. There's a difference. Amen. And so here we have the end of the one paycheck household. Now we got to have laws to make daycare mandatory. Everybody's entitled to daycare all of a sudden. Where that did not used to be. Amen. Sometimes women... a woman is blessed if if she can leave her children with with the grandma, you know, with the nana or you know, granny or whoever it is, because she doesn't have to put them in that system. You got me. When you get in the system, the system has control over you. Case in point, you 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 got a brand new baby and she's in daycare. And she develops a rash. And they see that rash and it's suspicious to the daycare people. So they call the authorities. Well, if you took care of your baby, that rash, you take that baby to the doctor if it got that bad. But they got ointments. You can just keep in the house and take care of that rash. You got me? Now all of a sudden they don't think it's a rash. They think it's from beating the baby. That's because you gave Pharaoh control of your kid. Daycare ain't always the gift it appears to be. And this is the thing with Pharaoh. With any government, they start out giving you everything. You vote for me, I'll make sure we get this free for you, that free for you, and that free for you. And you don't know that every time you give them control, you sign over part of your freedom. And they have the rights to control you and tell you what to do and take the authority away from you. So here Pharaoh is, he's there to put heavy burdens on people 
instead of one paycheck being able to haul the whole load, now two people feel like they have to. Feel like they have to. Where's this? If you feel like something, something must be telling you to do this. Where does this pressure come from? See, I remember a time when, when if you didn't work outside the house and you were a woman, women at work looked down their nose at you. That's where the pressure comes from. Oh, you just stay, you just a housewife? Remember that phrase, just a housewife? Right. So, so it's pressure, folks. Now you, well that don't bother, yes it does. It bothers everybody, it bothers me. Now I don't let it move me. But it's a little disturbance. It's there to disturb your peace. Make you question whether you're doing the right thing or not. Amen? You see some people that, that, that God kind of raises up to, to give a different point of view. You know, you see this. God, God is a merciful God. He's always got somebody out there that's willing to show you this can work. If you do it the old fashioned way is what we call it, this can work for you. Amen. And he'll put people like that in prominent, like the Duggars. You know, they came on there and she did it all. Homeschooled, had a system, a buddy system with them babies. I said, oh, Lord. It's like the older kids say, oh, Lord, not another buddy. I got another buddy already. Another buddy is. But they were all, you know, they were God-fearing people. And, you know, kids went along with the program they taught the kids the right way and all of the then all of a sudden she gets uh, one of the children has a problem and they plaster it all over everything until they get that boy arrested and put in prison see this is what the devil wants to do for you if you fight against his system this is what he'll do to you he won't quit until he gets you under the jail don't tell me he don't have power. He has power in the minds of men. And these are people that control our government and our way of living, folks. We say we have government by the people for the people, but that ain't true. It hadn't been that true in a long time. And this is what we're seeing exposed every day. So then we have, um, so the heavy burdens are put on us. So that we've got to, in other words, now the family unit cannot take care of itself anymore. Husband, wife, children, now there's pressure on their finances. So we gotta split up. We gotta split the children out. Somebody else gotta take care of them, at least for the time that the wife is out working. Amen. And and now we've got to look to outside of this family unit for our help. Where I believe the family created by God is the most powerful, self-sustaining unit in the universe. That's why the devil hates it. That's why he's always trying to come in with divorce, separation, with strife, and with trouble. Why? Because he hates it. Why? Because it's held together by God. God is the author of marriage. God invented marriage to hold the, the universe together through the, the basic family unit of the family. Husband, wife, legally married, and their children dependent on them and not the government. 
as soon as he can break that up, then he can get some control because if when you go to court, the government's involved. If you got to get a divorce, the government's involved. They tell you who can have the kids, who, how much money you can have. You don't have control over anything anymore. So if he can break that up, he's all in favor of it. He does it left and right. It used to be that when you, if you divorce was fairly rare. And when you did have to go before a judge, they would, would put a hold on your divorce papers and, and tell you to go talk it over. You have a pastor, y'all go to church, you want one, we get a chaplain for you. We believe this marriage can be saved and you just need some counseling. So you go and talk to them and we'll give you another date in 90 days and see how you're doing. Amen. That was very common. They don't do that anymore. It's granted instantly. Why? Because they've got a backlog of cases. There's so many cases way backed up. They don't have time for you to go get nothing. If you didn't get counseling before you came, you don't get any. Judges would take them them aside and talk to them. What's her name? Lynn Toller was still doing that to a degree. You, you understand what I'm saying? The best she could. She would, She was good at counseling people. But, you know, who has time for that? People don't want it. They want what they want in a hurry. And Pharaoh is, is eager to give it to you. Amen. So, so Pharaoh does not like worship. He does not like corporate worship. He don't want you to get together. That's why there's scripture in the Bible. Forsake not the assembling. Why? Because the devil will get you because that's his plan. To pick you off and get you to forsake assembling yourselves. <laughs> With anybody. Amen. But especially together, uh, because that corporate anointing, one accord in one, one place, he, he hates that. He hated Pentecost. Still does. So he doesn't, he doesn't like us prophesying about the coming move of God where, uh, it's gonna be greater than it was at the day of Pentecost. When he hears that, man, he trembles and goes to messing with people and causing strife and confusion. Or if you dare have a, a, a revival break out, he'll get people fighting over who's in charge of it. You already said God's in charge. No, we, that, I know what you mean, but we need somebody. We need to appoint somebody. Here we go again. Amen. He's intimidated by large groups gathering. That's why he shut the churches down during the COVID. Amen. Hates one accord in one place. Where people will submit to the leadership and God can move through them. Hates that. Amen. In, in Exodus 10.10, you see here a blatant separation of families. Pharaoh tells Moses, this is after, this is the eighth plague. Amen. Verse 9, Moses said, we will go with our young and with our old. Oh, Pharaoh asked Moses this. He says, uh, this is the, the plague. I think this was the locust where they filled up everything. Amen. God said the locust will cover the face of the earth and they did. And, and Pharaoh's servants in verse seven. Now this is kind of interesting. You're always going to have some defectors close to the leadership. God will speak to people to try and talk leadership down off of the ledge when they see him going overboard and getting extreme. And and we call them whistleblowers in our government. Amen. 
And it says, Pharaoh's servants said unto him, How long shall this man be a snare unto us? Let, let them go. Let the men go. That they may serve the Lord their God. Don't you know that this country is destroyed? There are people that are sitting up going to work business as usual thinking everything's hunky-dory. And you got their replacements coming across the border every single minute of every... They are flooding this nation. Kids, there's, they say what they, what they, that what they confess to is 200,000 children are missing. Those children were imported over here for slavery. I got news for you. And the government's putting up with it. They're encouraging it. Cause they could close that border and they could keep building that gate, but they refuse to do it. And Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh and he said to them, go serve the Lord your God. But who are those that are going and which ones are going again? Instead of, instead of just, you remember Pharaoh, every time we come, we tell you the same thing. What do you mean you don't know who's going? And Moses says, we're going to go with our young and our old, our sons and our daughters, our flocks and our herds, everything. We must hold a feast unto the Lord. And he said unto them, let the Lord be so with you. And I will let you go. And your little ones, not so much I don't want to let them go. Uh, evil is before you. In other words, you don't want to take your kids. Because they're not going to have such an easy time, you know, going where you're going. Amen. It's going to be too hard a journey for them. And 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 he said to him, let the Lord be with you. Uh, the, oh, and he says in verse 11, not so. Go now, you that are men, and serve the Lord. So taking the man away from the household as a covering for them. See, secular people, liberated women don't think that makes a whole lot of difference. The fact that you have a marriage and a man is a covering for the family. He's a headship and a leadership before God. That don't mean nothing to, to a lot of people. Why? They have become hardened. Pharaoh has made the female, secular female, hardened in her mind and her heart. She feels that as long as she has a paycheck and she can have a man come and go as she likes, she's got it made. But she's not looking down the road. Because young women get old. Wrinkles come up. Your health goes down. You're by yourself. You're not thinking ahead. In fact, you know what? When this country was built on people that married for survival. Now you can tell that by the mixing of the races of people. Somebody was about to be extinguished and they connected with somebody just for survival. Amen. You see, there's there's no purebred people in this country. Period. They haven't been for a long time. Well, whatever you want to call purebred, whatever. But there's there they they mix all the time for survival purposes. You know, I've got I'm a widow and I've got five kids and you got a little patch of land. Why don't we get married and you can help me raise my children? But people did that all the time. Nowadays, that's a oh my. You're not marrying for love? No, you ain't either. 
people never have. There's always some convenience involved. Somewhere I'm going to better myself. That takes love totally out of the picture, so don't even go there. It's love plus. Or plus and then love. I don't know whichever one you put in, what sequences, what it is. So here Pharaoh is is separating out the husband from the family. Amen. Uh, I was listening to a statistic in the 60s. Uh, African-American households, black households. Um, there were 80% were married. There are two parents married raising their children. Now it's less than 30 or 40 or something like that. We owe that to Pharaoh working through the women's movement and free daycare. No daycare vouchers. You get on welfare. Uh, we'll give you enough money to barely survive. You now most women get on welfare and they realize, you know what, I should have stayed in school and got a job and waited to get married, yada, yada. It all looks so easy to me. Yeah, he makes it look easy as long as you sign on the dotted line and depend on him for everything. And so we have that system in this country, folks. It's socialism is what it is because they're taking somebody else's money. It's redistribution of wealth. They're taking the working person's money and giving it to people who can't work for whatever reason. And some of them, it's permanent. Some of them, it's several generations now, are are living on welfare. Nobody working. No marriage in the family. No nothing. Just surviving. Surviving. So here we have here. Um, so in 10, 10, we, we, he says, uh, he said, let the men go in verse 11, serve the Lord, for that's what you want. And they were driven out from the presence of Pharaoh. And the Lord said, stretch your hand out of Egypt over that. And I'm going to cause locusts to come over the whole thing. And then he went back to Pharaoh in verse 18. And Pharaoh asked him to turn it. You know, Moses, I'm wrong. You were right. Yada, yada. In the end, uh, the Lord reverses the locust, causes a strong wind to come and, and blow them all away. And Pharaoh's heart is still hardened. He won't let them go. Three days of darkness come. Moses again goes to him and says, uh, listen, in verse 25, this is 1025, Moses said, you must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings so that we can offer sacrifices to the Lord. See, Pharaoh is a negotiator. He will let you have this, but not that. Because he wants to keep a hook in your jaw and keep a hold on you. And and he tells them, okay, you can take your wives and your children, everybody, but leave your cattle behind. And Moses said, nope, we're going to take our cattle too. And God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And Pharaoh, in verse 28, said this. He said to him, Get you from me, take heed to yourself, you will see my face no more. In other words, don't come back, for in the day that you see my face, you shall die. Amen? And Moses said, you have spoken well, I will surely see your face no more. And we know what happens after that. God takes his people away, and they go into the wilderness. Pharaoh and his chariots and his horses are drowned 
Amen. So he didn't see Moses anymore, but it did was it didn't wind up the way he thought it was going to wind up. So Pharaoh wants to separate families, take the father, the husband out of the household so that he can make he can be a false father to that family. He can make that family dependent on him from the cradle to the grave. Amen. And never any let up. You never have a decent life. You, you stay, uh, lower class below the poverty line. Uh, Pharaoh's, uh, quest in this, in our country is to erase the middle class. He wants two classes, the very rich and the very poor. And the very rich will give what they want to when they want to and trickle down a little bit to the very poor. That's why you see all of the factories have left this country decades ago. This has been a plan of his since I, for almost uh, forever. You can say that. And it's intensified in recent years. And so we fight this spirit because God does not want his people in bondage. He still wants his people free. And you see what what Pharaoh will do if he shut down shut us down because of a virus he'll shut us down again because of something else and that's why we have to continually fight we have to continually bind him and break his power and command him to let go of what he's holding because people don't belong to the devil Amen. I don't care how evil they get, how wicked they get, how much wrong they do. They are not the devil's property. People are God's property. Your children are God's inheritance. You are God's inheritance. You don't belong to any demon to obey him. You don't need to look to the devil for your food, for your bread, for the the, the roof over your head, him or the government or any. You don't need the government. The government works for you. Not the reverse. You hire them. They don't hire you. And so we don't work for Pharaoh. We work for the living God. And he takes care of us in every, there is no need we have that God can, I don't care what laws they put in, in force. And we'll talk more about some of these crazy laws that have been enacted in, I would say in the last 20 years. And, and if you don't believe it's happening, you, you look anywhere except on TV. Don't get, forget about the news that comes and sits in your lap. You go, you got to do some research. You better go find out for yourself and find some websites that, that scour the news worldwide to see what's happening. But this is a worldwide movement. We've seen this movement before. The one world government is, this is how Pharaoh operates. This is how the devil operates. They're talking about a global, uh, one world government, um, Different presidents have said different things about it, Republican and Democrat. So, so you can't just look at one party and say, oh, they're going to help us and they're not going to help us or whatever. You've got to look through that and find out where God is moving and what individuals are saying. You listen to the words of the individual and, and then throw your support behind the ones God said is going to help his cause. So we're going to uh, pray and pray the seed of the righteous prayer. Um, thank you, Lord. In the spirit of Pharaoh, let me see. Okay. And we'll start with the crimes against children. Uh, Satan, we bind your lust, hate, and murder. We 
we declare no male babysitters. We break spirits of stupor and folly over parents and lose godly wisdom. We declare homes upright before the Lord. The hearts of the fathers will turn toward their children and the children toward the fathers. Thank you for protection over your children by the heavenly host. We break mind occult and drug culture powers over them. Jezebel, we cut your cords to children. We show you no pity when you weep for them. We say, Lord, let the word of God not depart from the children's mouths and that they be raised in your nurture and admonition. We break the power of witchcraft in these schools, especially with this transgender story hour. In Jesus' name, we curse you at the root. In the name, we sit, we put you on the run in the name of Jesus. We take weapons, uh, and, and, uh, things that, guns that would be available to children. Father, let parents be responsible with their, uh, storage of weapons in the home so children have no access to guns. We bind strife and violence between children. We bind peer pressure to commit murder. We pray for the fruit of self-control. We break the power of bullying and gangs. Make the gangs undesirable to children. We break the power of witchcraft that allows kidnapping, rape, murder, <clears throat> terrorist spirits, and internet stalking. Jezebel, we bind your false family and fantasy spirits as companions for lonely or rejected children. Thank you, Lord. Fill up their loneliness with your love. Thank you, Lord. Make children wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Holy Spirit, we ask you to draw your children to safe Christian websites for them. Give them good uh, books to read and things that will build up their knowledge. Give them knowledge of the gospel and knowledge of your word. Thank you, Father. We pray the seed of the righteous. They are delivered. They will not beg bread. They hate sin and the devil. They have your covenant established in their lives. They inherit all we have in God and increase in your glory. They increase exceedingly of the kingdom of God. There shall be no end that they possess the gates of those that hate them. They choose life that they may live and they have fear and glorify the Lord. They'll be blessed and fruitful, increase abundantly, be multiplied, wax exceeding mighty. They'll inherit the earth and be established forever. They'll be mighty upon the earth and be delivered, though hand joined in hand. They will have the Holy Spirit poured out on them and the word of God continually in their mouths. Thank you, Lord. Their glory is greater than our glory in Jesus' name. They're taught of the Lord and great is their peace. They're trained in your ways, and when they're old, they don't depart. They are your inheritance, and let them be filled with wisdom and have favor with God and with man. They'll honor father and mother that their days may be long on the earth. In Jesus' name, and Pharaoh, we command you to let the people of God go. We will worship and serve the Lord. We worship him right in front of you. We bind you and your servants. We bind your powers of pride and compromise. False authority, witchcraft, false signs and wonders, oppression, bondage, man-killing, abortion, deceit, fear, idolatry, idolatry, child abuse, domestic violence, drug abuse, and prostitution. We plague your land with pestilence and famine. Famine, we rain hail and fire on your spiritual wickedness. Our prayers are like boils in your flesh, and we scatter your servants. Strip your chariots of their wheels, and we strip you of your strength. We, we command you to be weak and powerless in Jesus' name. We will not 
serve you by the arm of flesh. We will only serve the living God by the Spirit. And we speak woe to you and weeping and sorrow for your sin. Because the Lord, he is God. He has already defeated you and taken the honor from you. Thank you, Lord. You are our strength and our song. You have become our salvation. You are our God, our dwelling place. We exalt you. You are a man of war, and Jesus is your name. Pharaoh's hosts and chariots were cast in the sea. Even his chosen captains drowned. The waters have covered them up, and they sank as the bottom to the stone. Pharaoh, you are totally powerless. We obliterate you from every seed of authority in Jesus' name. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power, and you've broken the enemy in pieces. In the greatness of your power, you have overthrown them that rise up against you. You sent forth your wrath, and it consumed them as stubble with a blast of your nostrils. The waters were gathered together. They stood upright as a heap. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, but he is a liar. We will divide, they will not divide the spoil. His lust will not be satisfied upon us. He will draw his sword. He did not draw it. His hand will not destroy us. You blew with the blast of your wind, Lord, and the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Now who is like unto you, O Lord, among gods? Who is like unto you? Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, and doing wonders. You stretched out your right hand, that's Jesus, and the earth swallowed up the enemy. You and your mercy led forth the people you redeemed. You have guided us in your strength into a holy habitation. The people will hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the wicked. The rulers of wickedness are amazed. They'll tremble and melt away. Fear and dread will fall upon them. By the greatness of your arm, they shall be as still as a stone till your people pass over, O Lord, till your people pass over, which you have purchased. You shall bring them into the mountain of your inheritance and the place which your hand has made for them to dwell in, in the sanctuary which your hands have established. Lord, you shall reign forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I had somebody I wanted us to pray for. I'll think of her name. I'll have to give it to you, Nola. She's a uh, a congressperson. She really needs prayer. You know, she's kind of lost. <laughs> she kind of stood out to me of what she said. Because she said it so boldly and openly. And I thought, Lord, we got a mixed multitude here. She needs to needs to repent but be delivered and get born again so i'll give you a name thank you lord why don't we do a declaration i don't have rona she don't have me i can't get rona and she can't get me thank you jesus i don't have and you fill in the blanks and it don't have me and then by your stripes lord we are healed amen amen It's so decreed. Amen again. Praise God. Amen.